everyone, and welcome to the Comics Deserve Better podcast, where we cover the world of independent comics. I am one of your hosts, whose invitation to the Hellfire Gala got lost in the mail, Brian. And with me, as always, are the other two parts of the CDB Triforce, Car- Carrie and Darcy. Are we Hi. not Kari again? Oh, I almost did it. I have no idea why I'm doing that in my brain. I, I just think I'm changing Port- my name. Portmanteauing us. <laughs> It's it's uh it's the like je- the Bradifer or whatever it's called. Bradifer. Bradifer. Yeah, yeah. So Bradifer. Yes. He did it. He did. He. Brad dated a Jennifer at one point. I'm sure. Yeah. I was thinking Jennifer. Yeah, Aniston and Brad Pitt. That's oh, funny. But, yeah, I'm. I, I definitely like making references to things in the 1990s. That's contemporary for me. <laughs> um, but I hope you guys are doing well today. Yeah. I had a party with all of my family today. Ooh. Oh, that sounds awesome. That's yeah. nice. I hadn't seen my aunts in forever. Cool. Or those two aunts. I saw another aunt like a week ago, but my my dad's sisters came over. My brother and his girlfriend and her son came over and we had hamburgers and hot dogs and hung out and it was great. That's awesome. Nice. Yeah. That's very nice. A good, day. good. Good for you. That's awesome. Yeah. My you... birthday's in two days. Yeah. So that's cool. So, uh, by the time this uh, this, this yeah, episode the, comes out, it'll be I Carrie's will officially birthday, be thirty-eight. So everyone wish Carrie a happy belated birthday. Close to forty. I already say I'm in my forties because I feel it. Yeah. But yeah, it's. I uh, understand that. <laughs> but, uh, I'm. I started the celebrations early. I had a really good cake yesterday. It was nice. Awesome. Love chocolate cake, and uh, it shall continue. I think, which will be good. Hopefully. Okay. Well, today on the podcast, we will be talking about Stillwater, uh, Volume One. Uh, but before we do that, uh, we'll hit our, our news and spotlight. Well, there's no news, so we'll go directly into the spotlights. Um, Darcy, do you want to go first today? Uh, I will, I guess. Uh, mine is a, a sort of editorial comic, kind of, from uh, Ixander Salim. Uh, called My Name Is, uh, and you can access it on New Narrative. Uh, so it's a web comic, essentially. Mm-hmm. And it is a comic about names, uh, specifically uh, uh, Chinese Indonesian names and the culture of names and why uh, some cultures uh, have naming customs. And again, specifically Chinese Indonesian naming customs. Um, And I kind of learned a lot of uh, things I did not know about the naming customs in that country and in that specific time. Um, And uh, he was talking about uh, uh, during when he was born and when he was named, uh, apparently uh, there was a order that uh, Chinese names Uh, like you weren't allowed to use Chinese names uh, in in that area. So like Chinese kids had almost secret names, um, but they were given um, more like Muslim sounding names. And so there's this whole uh, culture, like people would ask him, uh, 
he kind of begins it with he'd been working for this company and he finally meets his co-workers and they're like surprised that he's Chinese because they didn't expect that of him because he has this non-Chinese sounding name and so like the whole uh, comic is about names and how we don't necessarily like expect people to look a certain way based on our names and how we perceive everybody's names and how we feel about our own names and basically the importance of names to people and to cultures and um, kind of the enforcement, like, you know, this government forced people to give kids certain names mm -hmm. and pushed people to like families could or could not give their children certain names, but they still did. They had like these secret names that they had like at home and stuff. Mm. And I thought that was really interesting and really cool history to learn. Um, but it's also, I thought, like culturally relevant for everybody because, you know, we have names are given to us by our families and then we grow up and kind of we choose whether or not we want to keep those names. Mm -hmm. And then some people pick our names for ourselves. It's, you know, a big conversation that we have or we are having, you know, for the trans community, people picking their own names and how important it is to them. And it's kind of the same conversation that's had in this comic. And I, I really liked it. I thought it was, okay. it was a good story. The art's very very kind of simple but very cute and very defined the coloring is all uh it's black line kind of heavy black line but with yellow coloring and white backgrounds it's very very distinct and very pretty I liked it a lot um and it was interesting it was cool to learn something historical that I hadn't seen I, I don't think outside of sound I'd ever read anything specifically from Indonesia so I, I thought it was very interesting that sounds really good and I think names I think names are so much more important than we give them credence, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Like I personally, and this is not the same, but I hate my legal name. I go by Carrie for a reason. And, um, and actually if I get called my legal name, I get really bad anxiety and I've gone by Carrie of my own, like, that's like the family nickname, but I've gone by Carrie in public since I could remember, I think in second grade, I started requesting that I only get called Carrie. And so, and I've kept my, legally, I'm still my maiden name because I have issues with Brian's family. Mm -hmm. So I chose to keep my last. And so it's, so, I mean, that's just someone like me. I can't imagine being a parent and being forced to name your child something because that's what your government dictates, you know, that, or like for people in the trans community, you know, when, when people like purposefully dead name them because they know that that's something that'll just irritate you know like names just right yeah, yeah. right names are so or important you mentioned women and and maiden names like that's a thing women are doing more and more now keeping yeah. the last names that they had or you know taking back names or choosing their own names you know it's this is kind of a decision we can make for ourselves now and that's good and uh, immigrants who come to America having to change their names because they want to assimilate. Mm -hmm. uh, that's kind of what this is about. Uh, 
in Indonesia, it was about assimilation. They're trying to take this, what they considered an other culture and to assimilate it into um, Indonesian culture. And, you know, that's not unusual for people in America to understand. We did that for um, tons of people who came into Ellis Island. It was change your weird last name, make mm -hmm. it more quote unquote American. Mm -hmm. There are tons of people with last names in America that should be way more complicated, but they're not because we, we had them changed when they came into this country. Mm -hmm. uh, so names are fraught and political and interesting and personal. And I kind of cried when I read this because yeah. I thought it was, it was incredibly poignant and really well done. It's awesome. not, it's not, uh, you know, it's, it's not something that I think is necessarily written to make you cry, but it was, I had <laughs> just, you know, I had just read something from someone on Twitter and I've had a friend I've had this conversation about with, and it's, it's just one of those things. Names are important. Yeah. It, <laughs> it's, I thought it was just a really well done comic. Awesome. It's really the first thing that anyone ever really knows about you is your name oh yeah that's a good point and so i mean and and you know last names are were are created and used or you know um surnames rather because i know that they go first in in some naming um practices but um they're they're there just to show kinship and clan you know like basically your your uh loyalties and nowadays in the 21st century, that doesn't mean as much and they don't have, you know, but at the same time, you know, um, you know, like if, especially if you live in a smaller town, if you have a certain last name, it's like, oh, you must be related to this family who's, I don't like them or I like them. And, you know, and it's just, it's, it's, it's very interesting. Um, and also um, I had a friend in, um, in college, his last name, he was a Vietnamese, um, or, or his, his family came from Vietnam. And um, his last name was just Wynn, W-I, actually W-Y-N-N, which is a very Irish last name. And it mm. was basically because they went through mm. immigration and- they, It was changed from the N. Their last name was Nguyen. And they're like, oh, oh, Wynn, yeah, okay. And then they changed it to the Irish W-Y-N-N. So yeah, crazy. Didn't, didn't want to have to do all that complicated yeah. spelling. Wow. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, I'm sorry that my name has a silent G, but that's just the way. And for anyone wondering what Carrie's real name is, it's a uh, Carrington. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, like, please don't say my legal name. I'm, not. I'm literally having <laughs> a panic attack. What do you mean, Carrington? I just said your, your, your legal name. All righty. That was Ooh, really good. Nice. Thanks for sharing, Darcy. That yeah, sounds good. You, yeah, thank you very much. Well, Keratin, it's your turn. Um, so I chose as a looking, yeah, I'm looking forward to this for my spotlight. It's called Bunny Mask Number One. It's from um, Aftershock and it's Paul Tobin uh, coloring and artwork is done by Andrea Matai, Muddy. It's M-U-T-T-I. Something like that. Um, letterers Taylor Esposito. It's a new horror book, and it's about a crazed person who is um, 
walking the world and they wear a bunny mask. Um, think of like a bunny mask, I guess, not with the ears and everything. And um, this person has like dark supernatural powers and has a connection to a young girl that was like brutally murdered by her father. And so there is a, a man who's out to seek the truth. And it just looks like a fun little book, um, kind of bloody. I like a lot of true crime. So I think that just the link to an actual, like in this world, real life murder to something that's supernatural, this kind of intrigues me. And um, it, the artwork is a little dark. Um, there's one of the little panels that they preview for this because it's coming out um, on June 9th. It's home, homemade dentistry which really bothers me. No, um, no, no. But um, it's, and it just looks like the, it looks like a scene of the past between the daughter and her father and her dad is doing the homemade dentistry. So I'm very curious just to read it, just to see how far that dentistry scene goes. And if that's the point in which he murders her, or if this is just like a torture device for her but um I'm I'm really hoping that it's about vengeful daughters getting back at their horrific abusive fathers because that would make yeah, me really happy fun. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd be really stoked for that but um we, we shall see it looks really good the coloring's really nice um and uh I just like that supernatural stuff so I'm trying to get on a horror kick so hopefully it'll be good looking forward to it sounds awesome yeah uh Homemade dentistry sounds awful. <laughs> no, yeah, it's not sounds that. awesome. No, it's, it totally does, and and the unsettling nature of it makes sense because I think um, in an article Paul Tobin had mentioned that one of his influences is like Junji Ito in this. So nice. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> I can imagine Junji Ito doing homemade de- dentistry in one of his books. <laughs> <laughs> yep, just a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Okay, well, thank you, Carrie, very much. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, uh, my book is uh, Made in Korea, uh, number one, from Image Comics. Uh, story was by Jeremy Holt. Uh, art was by George Shaw. Lettering by Adam Wallet. Uh, the, uh, this came out last week, and uh, we actually spoke about a uh, Jeremy Holt book a few episodes ago. Darcy, it was Darcy's uh, quick hit, I think, last season, one of them. Um, it was the uh, Virtual Years uh, book from Comixology. Romance, and, yep. Yes, and I didn't know that when I read this. And I, I don't, not until I looked up Jeremy Holt's name did I notice that he had written that as well. I'm like, oh, it kind of makes sense because this book as well kind of has to do with the, you know, our kind of modern um, relationship with technology and kind of like where it's going and what it will be in in the very near, or near future but this book kind of has more of a sci-fi feel to it uh because essentially um quick synopsis is that in the future for some reason it's not explained yet and i don't know if it will be explained but humanity can no longer procreate they can no longer have children so people decide that they're going that, that they still want children but they're going to be robots. Sweet. So there's basically factories that make 
um, these these kind of like um, these kid robots that the parents will purchase and then raise as their children. Now, uh, somebody that works at one of these uh, these software places that kind of creates the um, the memories and the the programming for these kids. Uh, accidentally stumbles upon something that no one else could break through. Doesn't really mention it in the first issue. It wasn't until I, I kind of read um, a couple other things about the, the, the issue did I realize that, it, that he actually, actually created artificial intelligence, that the rest of these robots have, have had no AI. And he actually broke through and created the first true AI. But so he goes, he's, he's excited about the exploration finds out before he's, a, he's able to tell anybody that anything that he creates working for the business that he works for becomes the business's property. So he decides for, for reason, one reason or another to not to tell anybody that he created this AI and instead hide it in one of the robots that's going out to, to a family in, in the US. So this family has now unwill, um, unknowingly adopted a, a, a robot that actually has the thought process basically as close to humanity as possible, and um, and it's the first the first of, of her kind. So um, I believe it's going to kind of dive into what makes family, what makes uh, what makes a human a human. You know, there's a, a lot of uh, class uh, issues and uh, discussion in this book as well. Um, so lots of interesting topics that sound like it's going to be they're going to be dived into uh, once this. Uh, once this it, series keeps on going. How much does she look like Haley Joel Osment? Uh, Oswell. Oswell? Osment? Uh, Oswell? Osment? Osment? No, Osment? Uh, she she does definitely does not look like uh, Haley Joel Osment, but yeah, I could definitely that's a that's a good catch because yeah, that's kind of has that same the plot from the AI movie. Um wait, but, I have a question. Yes. And this is a stupid one. But like if you were buying a kid robot, would I wouldn't? <laughs> there's so many things that I want to ask, but the most pertinent one that I will is wouldn't it automatically come with intelligence anyways? It does, but it's like a programmed intelligence. So this, is, this is like a thought process, like almost like a human brain that can actually be, you know, progress. Yeah. But I mean, like, that's the thing. It's like, why wouldn't I, if I'm going to invest, if I'm going to invest money in a fake kid, Mm-hmm. wouldn't i make sure that shit's top of the line yeah and be like it's just it like can... a really nice alexa yeah it, it did oh. it, yeah it didn't exist before until this moment oh. it's, like, it's like it's like a alexa that looks like a baby yes as opposed uh-huh. to a baby that's made out of vibranium yeah. and i hate alexa <laughs> i would hate that baby so, yeah well same well, you know, I mean, if, yeah. well in a world where, where people want to have kids and they can't you know and like this is really the only option i think that's part of the situation does but, the baby poop um i, I don't think so sweet that so, would be a, a preferable alternative yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly <laughs> that's so a, that's a plus like for example um when when this uh when jesse who's who's the uh the young ai um first awakens um Instead, usually when they they boot up their the they boot up like a computer essentially where there's no emotions and no you know like fear or anything like that. But but imagine kind of not existing and all of a sudden popping into existence and having just two people looking at you, calling you by a name that you never heard before. So of course Jesse just like completely gets scared and oh that's 
flips out. <laughs> and so you yeah, know, no, thank you. I like asked that. for my money back. But Listen, um, <laughs> Tim, Tim, twenty one or bust. If yeah. I, that's that's the only baby <laughs> robot I'm getting. But, it's not Tim twenty one. I don't want it. She, she, ends, she ends up integrating with the family though, and and it is actually kind of endearing because they use a little cow stuffed animal to help. Oh, help her out. Um, but the artwork is, it really reminds me of like Daniel Klaus and kind of like a, like a, like a 90s fantagraphics look to it. So it kind of adds to that kind of uh, indie futuristic feel that, that the book has. No, that reference is lost on me. So. I did like the art when you just showed me that yeah. little page. So that yeah. was good art. Oh, okay. Yeah color coloring is, is good too it's kind of a nice muted coloring so so tangent um when i was nine i was gifted from one of for my birthday one of those fakey babies that you put batteries in it and then mm -hmm. it crawls because for some reason my family oh, Jesus, thought i had no. maternal instincts and i don't <laughs> so like i had batteries in it and i forgot about the toy and then one day i swear I thought the batteries had run out and I put the toy on the floor and it legit started crawling I punted yeah, that thing you. across my room and then Good I threw it away it was you. horrific yeah I bet it was yeah that's just definitely not something I would like to uh, happen to me. But it sounds like a good comic, Brian. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. It, it, um, I, I'm excited to uh, to to read on and let you guys know. Um, but yeah, definitely a great start. Cool. Okay. Well, that actually leads us to our main course, uh, which is also an image book. Uh, it is um, Stillwater Volume One, called Rage Rage. Um, and by Chip Chazarski, Ramon K. Perez, Mike Spicer, and Russ Wooten. Um, and this was actually Carrie's choice. So this was my choice because I wanted to get into horror. I had no idea what to get into. And so um, this was recommended by both Ryan and Darcy. So we're reading it. Yeah. Well, do you, you want to give us a quick synopsis? Okay. Synopsis. So, um, dudes in the beginning named Daniel and he um is basically just having like a real shit kind of couple of days um he gets a mysterious letter from a person like a like a, a courier someone type person is just like this is a letter he reads it and he's asked to go to this town named Stillwater for an undisclosed sum from his great great aunt um you find out that he has parents who are both living but that he um had only recently learned that he was adopted so he has no idea what's going on him and his best friend uh head to this town in Stillwater they stop at a gas station no one knows what they, where the town is they get um they get stopped by a cop who's kind of douchey uh they head to the town and just from the get like chaos ensues um they see a kid fall and die or looks like he's dying or dead and he didn't um they get warned by the town doctor to leave they don't know what's going on um douche cop comes back and tells them like not in my town motherfucker like something like that so anyways you find out that they live in this town of Stillwater has like eternalized life properties that anybody living in the town like is like fucking wolverine can live forever and heal super fast and so 
the and they their biggest thing is that like they protect its citizens by not allowing the world in or allowing their citizens to have contact with the outside world so the problem is is that the only way that uh daniel and his best friend knew about the town was because daniel received a letter oh spoiler alert and trigger warning there is a very graphic murder within like the first like what four or five pages of the book there's lots of graphic murder. lots of graphic murder <laughs> yeah. but it starts pretty quickly yes. and it's it's kind of fucked the very first one because it's the best friend right between the eyes and it's not, i wasn't expect like okay you're expecting it because of the lead up but it's just that one little quick panel where you like it's very it's it's very much blatant as to what's going on to the guy and you're just like what the fuck like this is unnecessary so um they go and the predicament is now is that daniel knows about the town but he was invited there so a woman steps up saying that's my son so now it's like oh the pickle is he's an daniel's an outsider but he's technically a son of this town stillwater so does he get to live in the town or are they going to i guess anytime they get an outsider in they kill him is what they make it sound like yeah and yeah. so they're trying and so like the judge total crazy asshole he's basically god and he will decide who lives and who dies um there is the sheriff of the town who's also a crazy asshole <laughs> and um at one point was a good guy to the mom right am i following yeah, this yeah, right but, but the, that but was yeah. a different sheriff that, that oh sheriff a different sheriff yeah okay. there's two sheriffs oh there yeah. is like good sheriff in the beginning there's who a wanted... guy sheriff with a mustache and now there's a girl sheriff yeah oh okay so okay thank you because i'm having okay but who's the guy that was the he cop? was one of the deputies oh he's a deputy oh okay so there used to be a good sheriff who was actually helping bio mom um sneak out her son because apparently like like once people realized like back whenever that Stillwater had these properties, people couldn't have kids anymore. And so like the kids that were there just stayed that age. So Daniel was a baby in Stillwater, but he had the body of an 18 month year old, 18 month year old, <laughs> 18 month old, but he had like the intelligence of a five-year-old so his mom was like wigged out and she's like, this is fucked up. So the whole point was to give um, Daniel, whose birth name is Thomas, a chance at life, get him out of there. Um, that sheriff was like chill with the mom and was like, yeah, we're going to help you smuggle out your kid because this is like not right. Um, because at that point, the judge was already kind of whack. And so he was already not letting people leave for the betterment of the town. And so, um, you learn there's a lot of white characters and they all kind of blended blended in together and so not to sound weird but like the sheriff literally looked like five other men that i saw and so i think that's the, why I, the deputy the, see the okay the deputy yeah. not the sheriff yeah. the, okay the sheriff is a woman and she's kind of a jerk too yes she's definitely a jerk too okay <laughs> the deputy because okay and i think the reason i keep calling him the sheriff is because he acts like he has a ton of power yeah there's a power struggle going on there 
it, he thinks he has a ton of power. He, yeah. you find oh, out okay. later, he is an he's an ex marine, and he's definitely got that. I'm an ex marine. I'm a total fucking badass. Yeah, and he says "semper fi motherfucker" a lot in the book, which I thought was kind of like weird. Yeah. I was like, I've never heard that, but I've heard "semper fi," but just he, not the MF. Yeah, part. he 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 thinks he's the shit. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think I think this volume one ends at seven. Ends at, it ends or, at issue six. Issue seven. Holy shit! He thinks he's a badass. Yeah, and he's just, he's incorrect. It there's just a lot of violence. It's it's less horror than I. Does it get more horror-y later? It is. This is like suspenseful. It's good. I mean, I'm enjoying it, but it's just not what I was expecting. It's only like one issue longer than this volume. It's still <laughs> ongoing. <laughs> I, I think it's a lot of psychological horror in this to me it's very psychological horror it's these that galen the little boy that dies in the oh, beginning yeah. he's like he's got to be what like 20 years old now he's yeah, older he, than he's older than danny the change have like the, the the thing happened in 90 so if he was like seven or eight or, like, yeah yeah because yeah, he's, he's 20 or 30 years old now yeah, yeah because it goes up to like the the most recent year that you see um, oh, and that's 20, part of 2017. 2017 yeah. So, so yeah, it's that, 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 uh, or the cutting, we're cutting meat off cows. Oh, that, oh, that was, was fucked up. Yeah. Yes. And that's true. And like, I, I actually, that's kind of like what I like about Zadarsky is that he's kind of really thought this out where like, yeah, like if everything in this, in this town can't die or regenerates, then like yeah like if you eat meat and you're eating meat from that comes from live animals from <laughs> from this town and you know then yeah the animals are not going to die either and it's it's just brutal so you well, know I'm I, so surprised he hadn't he didn't get into cannibalism because there's no way one of them hasn't tried eating people yet oh yeah and and that's a good point because I think it's interesting how now they stop people in, um they don't care about using violence to stop people there's a part where the 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 gung-ho deputy is running his mouth off and the sheriff literally shoots him in the face right to just him to get him up to shut up because it won't kill him but yeah yeah and you are still in the synopsis yes. we haven't actually gotten through oh, this synopsis. Sorry. Oh, okay. gonna... yeah sorry so um so okay so the judge is like deciding whether or not daniel slash thomas should be allowed to live or die and he goes they're letting they let daniel live because he is considered a citizen of stillwater so he is entitled to the rights and benefits of being said citizen but like the judge's job is to punish and you see that phrase being used a lot like galen says the judge is the you know there's a there's a part where the, sh the sheriff tanya interacts with galen and says you shouldn't be doing that and she was like you know if the judge found out and and then galen says the job the judge would punish me so let's not tell him so there's definitely an element of fear of the judge that runs throughout the book and the judge decides to punish bio mom whose name is laura of because of her interaction with daniel and so they fucking bury her alive. Was, that was the scariest part of the whole book for to me. Two yeah. weeks, like that's her pun. I mean, it's just so yeah. Like 
I think when I mean horror, like maybe I was expecting something like, ooh, oogie boogie, scary, like supernatural, but mm. like nothing is more frightening than the depravity of human beings mm. and the depths of to which humankind will treat each other. And to see, I mean, even though it's like something fake, like in a book, to see someone get buried alive, I didn't like that. I mm-hmm. I did not, I don't like the asshole deputy. I sure as hell didn't like seeing him get shot in the mouth. Yeah. That shit was gross. Like there's a lot. Awful. Yeah. <laughs> you know, not, I'm not saying he didn't deserve it, but I mean, it's just he like. He totally deserved it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he deserves a lot more. But I mean, like, it's just <laughs> that sort of like nonchalant, like this is how, you know, like Darcy and Brian said, like, this is how we're handling things now like there's just that extra level of violence where it's because they can or because it's not super harmful and there's even in a, in a flashback um anyways so i'm I, i'm horrible at synopsis you should guys should never let me do this again um Very so they go and um because I, I go off on tangents all the time Since so again. they go and bio mom gets dug up but like a lot of the flashback scenes will show like exactly what's leading up to the so I feel like the judge has always been kind of this wackadoo Mm -hmm. but that the deputy snaps at some point and so like maybe it was always in him but like he just needed somebody else to bring it out of him because the judge um tells uh there's a, a part in a flashback where they're they, they're now monitoring everybody's mail and because that was a big problem for the citizens it's like they have families in other towns they have friends business dealings like they have lives outside of Stillwater so to protect them the judge has ceased all communication but like people want to invite their families like one gentleman wants to invite um his mom to come to Stillwater because like once you're in the like the like in the boundaries of Stillwater, it doesn't matter who you are. No one, like no one can die. And you heal. And you heal. Yeah. So this man had invited like his ailing mother to come visit Stillwater. And it was obviously just because he cares and he loves, like he loves her and he wants her to live and be well. And so the judge got all pissy and was just like two weeks in lockup. And so the, like the man was like upset, but in the private quarters, like the chambers of the judge, he tells the deputy, like, you know, or is that, was that the sheriff? See, I get those two guys confused. By that time, I think that's when, that's when uh, Ted, the deputy, he switches out the mail because Ted, Ted, Ted secretly, he's a Marine and he secretly, Mm -hmm. he gets a letter that one of his Marine friends dies and he wants to go visit Marine, his Marine friend because he's a hypocritical bastard. And so he goes out to the funeral of his Marine friend. Oh, so he can do it for no one else again. Ted is, Ted is the judge's free agent. He's the one that goes out and finds people who escapes. He's the one who 
who goes out and kills people who leave. He's the one who goes out and steals letters, who takes care of anything in the outside world. It's kind of a problem. Like Ted doesn't want to age, so he doesn't want to stay out for too long. But that's that thing that happens in the 90s when he goes out. Did you guys, was this in... I think this might be an issue seven, but he, he goes out. That's the thing that maybe breaks Ted is he goes out and um, he goes to that funeral. Did you yeah, see that's that? In this, yeah, that's in this okay. issue. He, he goes to that funeral and he kills a person and comes up against um, some of his old Marine buddies and basically gets caught. And he says, don't fuck with me. I'll come back. I'll kill your wife. I'll kill your I'll kill your, I think it's like a daughter probably. Yeah. yeah um, and then later that guy comes back to him, his, his uh, commanding mm-hmm. officer comes back, comes back to him. And uh, he's like, I told you I'd kill your wife. I'd kill your daughter. And he's like, well, my wife died of cancer. My daughter died it, over in the war. Yeah. So yeah. fuck you. You haven't aged a day. It's been years. Fix me. Yeah. And so he's got Ted has been telling all these people, you can't keep people, you can't do anything. And Ted has been keeping his military buddies off to the side, alive oh. and young. So he's got this whole contingent of people like on the borders of Stillwater that are his ex-Marine friends. And so when he says Semper Fi, motherfucker, he's actually talking to his Marine friends. Yeah. Oh, that's and, that group in that cabin yeah, that and you see at the he's beginning. He's okay. a coup. He's not a, planning well, a coup. Well, no, he's not. He oh, thinks he's were... still under the judge. Oh, because I thought he, they he's were actually the judge. not. They oh. are. The commanding oh. officer is. Okay. I think. Yeah. He, but Ted's like Ted's like, I Ted's his guy. I think that's the way I read it. Oh. Ted's the judge's guy. He thinks you're. Ted's like, this is the way it's supposed to be run. The judge is in control we need to take out these terrorists who want democracy, who want to vote, who want to open up the borders. The borders should be closed. Nobody should come in except for the people I want in because this is the law. This is the way it's supposed to be run. But his commanding officer, I think, thinks the people, you know, he wants things to be done the way he wants things to be done. And then the the judge thinks he's God now. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, because what? Because what happened was they've got this new guy in. Danny's come in. It's like, oh well, why don't we let other people in? Yeah, or let let people know so we can then have communication with our families and all that stuff. So because basically everyone still water is a prisoner. Yeah, exactly. At this time. There's and a- they ended up killing what we didn't say is Danny's best friend invented yes. an app and is super famous. Yeah. yeah. He's like, he's like, uh, probably not quite uh, Mr. Facebook, but he's up there. Yeah. It's kind of a big deal. He's, he's, he, not quite another- Zuckerberg, but kind of yeah. a big deal. And you don't get that vibe from At the first. beginning. You yeah. don't, you learn that. No, you don't. Yeah. You, you think he's just another bro best friend. Yeah. And then you you learn towards the end of volume or the first issue that um, the the CEO of this you know super popular famous app is has been missing for two weeks. Yeah, because uh, you shouldn't be worried about losing your apartment if your your best friend is. 
Yeah, that's yeah. A, that was my question. Was like, <laughs> was that he was definitely worried about getting fired and 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 stuff, and yet his best friend is this roving modern millionaire. <laughs> yeah, I think that's why I thought they were just two yeah bros because you know the scene like it's right before that Danny gets the letter. You they're at a bar to drink away yeah. uh, Danny's woes, and yeah, they Danny gets kicked out. So if you were besties with the maker of a super famous app and people knew what you look like regardless of your reckless behavior you'd have a vip booth maybe people didn't know what he looked like yeah maybe that was it oh okay i I don't know what the guy who made i mean i don't think i actually know what the guy who makes twitter look like do you know what he looks like yeah i know i I know jack dorsey what he looks like if i if i saw him at the grocery store i wouldn't recognize him Definitely not. I'd be like, that's a fucker that drinks Soylent 24 hours and a day. I didn't know who, like, he's just the, a white guy. I didn't know what Zuckerberg looked like until he went on trial. You know? I, I yeah. would definitely, I would definitely recognize Zuckerberg. No, Zuckerberg looks yes. like an alien. Yes, he does. <laughs> he does not look like a human being. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, no offense to aliens, but yeah. oh. <laughs> he, he's kind of like, you know, or, like Bezos looks like Bezos. He does yeah. not look like a regular person. He no. looks like Paul a Grace. very distinct human being. He's like, if Paul visit you in the middle of the night because of what you said. Yeah. You have Amazon delivering pain. <laughs> like, what the hell? <laughs> was, yeah. Uh, so, um, the f- first. First who made issue? YouTube? I don't know what the guy who made YouTube looked like. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. So they don't even know that it was a guy. I'm just assuming like and that's terrible. Or... Yeah. 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 Um, so the first issue ends. Uh, or first the first volume? Oh, the first is this the first volume? Yes. First volume. Oh, so we read all these were the first like five oh, or six issues. Oh, that's why it felt so long. Okay. Yes. So um You've you learned that there's one normal person, semi-normal person in the town. It's the doctor. He's chill. Um, he's the one who tries to warn uh Danny and his best friend to like get out of the town like ASAP before they cause too much trouble. Um he's pretty he's a cool character he's in it a lot i'm trying to find how does this end i don't remember what the how the first so, volume so they, they use the the vote the, they go to city hall oh that's right yeah that there's there's a group a secret group they're kind of secret group of people yeah. who want to let other people in yeah and they've been trying they're put them pushing the judge for that for forever but now they finally got a person that might sway because they've got this person from the outside and he nothing's gone wrong so they're going to push the judge for a vote the doctor goes up and says we want to do this the judge says how many people agree they raise their hands the judge says fuck you and the he opens up fire ted the deputy opens up fire the other deputy doesn't want to at first but the judge says shoot those people and he starts shooting him so they're shooting everybody in the the building so everybody starts running away except for the doctor and then the building blows up yes yes that's what i wanted to talk yes. about was and, the and that's when Ted shows up with his militia to yeah. to to try to rectify things and that's how the the issue or the and or there's the a really good line in issue seven that you don't hear from laura 
mm-hmm. that I'm going to go ahead and say. So spoiler, Please. but it's not really a spoiler, spoiler. It's just a thing that Laura says. Uh-huh. And she says that it's such a big deal because like, because they live so long and because they heal so easily, the like pain and physical violence and physical harm doesn't really mean anything to them so much. No. Like the shooting wasn't such a big deal, but blowing up that building is a huge deal because that takes time and that takes mm-hmm. effort to rebuild that. So like blowing up that building was a problem. Yeah. That's a uh, statement. Like cause... shooting all of them, whatever. That's just yeah. how they communicate. Yeah. Blowing up that building, <laughs> motherfucker, that was a thing. That's going to piss some people off. Buildings don't regenerate. So Buildings who, don't regenerate. Who no. blew up the building? We don't, we don't know yet. No yet. Oh. It seems like it might be the doctor but it's definitely a mystery right now yeah it was either somebody trying to frame the doctor yeah or yeah or right do- now we don't know yeah so or it could have been the doctor yeah so yeah the, yeah this is definitely an ongoing series so we'll definitely find out <laughs> in the future um it was really good yeah i mean it's definitely yeah. enthralling mm-hmm. it, i so bear with me because this is going to sound completely out of left field I did, um, but I got a lot of Lord of the Flies feel with this because it's kind of like a story of a a group of people who have to basically start. They're free of the of the of the society of the free of the rules that they were raised by, and then they create their own society, which actually happens to be even more rule you know, rule heavy as well as like dictatorship, you know, I would, I see what you're saying, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's kind of exactly like the society as it exists in our world. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's how things work and operate inside of our world. It's just like in a smaller way. Like I, I thought it was really funny not funny haha funny sad I I was reading an article today uh popped up on my recommendations because I've got the most depressing recommendations um called the Kaiser system on medium by Michael Mason about Tulsa Oklahoma and -hmm. it's basically this this is their system like Kaiser is this rich oil guy and he basically runs Tulsa the way the judge runs Stillwater and because he's wealthy and because he does philanthropy and like that's you know that's Bill Gates and America that's that's the rich people and the planet like that's that's how that's how the world works yeah if if you're wealthy and nice you get to decide how the world works like I I thought it was kind of a really good way to describe if you're wealthy and uh, people think you're nice enough to them and you've got the weaponry or the strike the strength and the power like that's fine you're the one who gets to decide what to do and it's Mm -hmm. like I, I can't remember what exactly this person what exactly Michael said uh let me look it up real quick uh if Kaiser could change one structural aspect of the country, he said he'd eliminate the attitude that centralized control is inherently evil. Whoa. And I was mm-hmm. like, that, that is this book. 
That's like, very true. That's still water. Yeah. And that's yeah. like that's a lot of like what like uh, policy by philanthropy is in mm-hmm. this country. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And the thing is, is that the philanthropy is not really philanthropic because exactly because, because you get money, you get tax yeah, breaks. Right? Exactly. Yeah. It's that's the reason why the wealthy pays nowhere near as many taxes as the middle or lower mm. middle class. And, and so, that's the judge the whole time saying, I'm doing this for the good of Stillwater. I'm, yeah. I'm doing this for you. This is for you. You know, this is for your benefit. I'm blah. You know, he's all this. I'm giving for you. Bullshit. Yeah. During the town hall, I think one of the scariest things he said right before the mass shooting was uh, he calls them ungrateful. Mm-hmm in a panel yes. and it's just like what the fuck, it's, dude? it's almost like the disappointed yeah. father kind of well, thing as well and it's yeah. and it's it's this feeling of like someone who is so blinded by their own goals and ambitions that they project those goals and ambitions onto everyone else so they mm. think they convince themselves that everyone else has the same goal has, you know, or the same ambition or the same dream or whatever word you want to use. And so when they go and he's convincing himself that he's doing this for the benefit of everyone. And when they say, no, actually we don't like this, we would like, you know, B and C rather than a, and then when he calls them ungrateful, it's just like you, I got seriously creeped out by that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why, why? They're not ungrateful. They're, they're, they're adults. They're not even just human beings, but like they're adults in, a, in like they're an American. All, yeah. They're all of them adults. Even yeah, the I ones know. that look like children, they're adults. Like give them a say in their own lives. Exactly. And the psychological torment that everyone here in this town has gone through. Yeah. Especially the kids too. I mean, how much but, so the kids you've got to feel yeah. so sorry for well, them there's Galen's a fucked. I, I mean, mean and I'm, I'm ready for him to like commit some atrocity because what does sheriff tanya say you're you're too old to have mischief mischief, mischief in your eyes. your eyes but there's something else there that i don't like and it's like mm. oh that's creepy yeah and the thing is is that galen started this whole thing with because he did, they, they, he did, they, yeah, he did. They he, they, both of yes. those little boys yeah. stood and looked at them and saw that there were no those two people there and and it wasn't even galen that did it it was that other boy and i don't yeah. know if the, we've gotten that other boy's name yet we don't we don't even like really see him again yeah we only really see galen so i have yeah. to assume galen told that other boy push me yeah exactly so I will say this, um, and I think this speaks to our society, is I am so fucking desensitized to shootings that mm. I didn't, the mass shooting thing in a public, in a public space didn't phase me. The blowing up did. Yeah. The bomb yeah. bothered me. But it was like the shooting, I was like, oh, okay, they're just shooting people. That's really fucked up if you think about it. That's really mm. sad. It's yeah. really depressing. There's just something that's not right with that. No, yeah, I, w- I kind of felt the same way. I was like, this is awful, but for some reason, it's not as awful mm-hmm. as uh, when the doctor was talking about the cows. Yes. Like that fucked me up a little bit more mm-hmm. or the panels that covered her um, 
which I thought was really well done when they were mm -hmm. burying the mother that took like three panels and it just mm -hmm. got darker and darker because it was in first person perspective. That was mm -hmm. brilliant. And mm -hmm. that scared me much more. Mm -hmm. Like you're doing full on like visual mass shootings and I'm just sitting here going kind of whatever. Yeah. Because yeah, you're right. It's kind of, we're really desensitized to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and the thing is, too, and, uh, when it comes to destruction of property and everything like that, um, it, I, I just I just thought of it right now. It, that it is definitely kind of a commentary because um, kind of like what happened with like, the Capitol insurrection or the and, protests and, and with like mass mass shootings mm -hmm. or like that. It's like people of, of certain ilk have no problem or issue hurting one another physically. But then the second you decide that you need to tear down a statue because it's racist or or you want to 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 like if someone's going to loot a place and steal you know property, that's the the end. That's oh, my God, that's that's terrible. It's like it's OK to, yeah. what, to beat what about someone the target? to death. Yeah, yeah, well, exactly. And Darcy made a good point right now, like when there's all those like Black Lives Matter protests and all these protests like last summer. I mean, every, you know, so many people, oh, they're rioters, they're looters, they're all the, they never said they were protesting. No. They made them sound like violent individuals, but fucking like alt-right douchebags do the same bullshit. And then it's just like, oh, you know, it's, it's described in a much like nicer way. And because, they did it on such a more extreme place yeah, too. And it's, <laughs> yeah. Stupid. I mean, there wasn't a Black Lives Matter protest that took over the capitol building yeah and tourists yeah. they were tourists yeah they were just special tourists. yeah mm -hmm. so wait fucking dumb. so yeah i mean like it's just it's it's <laughs> it's weird like how um that i think I, we, we 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 argue and we talk not argue sorry the wrong word but we definitely lament about kind of like the weird capitalist shift that our country has had and but there's such a value placed on material and not a value placed on humanity and it's such it's it's kind of something that needs to be shifted again i think that's been kind of a yeah american standard capitalism yeah when i say recently i mean kind of like the last 200 years yeah i don't think that's due yeah but. i think virginia was founded on that mm -hmm. Oh, Virginia, tobacco. Let's kill people. Yes, exactly. Let's make sure these guys get all. I know land. is that my family came to the United States because they wanted to work in the, as a as migrant farm workers. Nobody ever saw a better life. I'm being sarcastic, and it's not coming off that way, but it's just like <laughs> you know. I mean, it's just it's so. It's so dumb. Yeah. I get so yeah. bothered by this stuff. Yeah. So, well, let's talk about the art, maybe. Yeah. I didn't like it so much. Yeah, it's not the. It's not my favorite. No. But it's good for what the story is. Like it worked I, for me. I think a lot of the, like, um, stuff art is good. Like backgrounds, settings, mm -hmm. 
things, all of that's really good. But um, I think there's a point to a lot of these white men look the same Okay, is uh, accurate because there were a lot of times like that dude. Actually, I think this happens in book seven. There's a dude he fights in issue seven. And I'm like, I have no idea who the fuck you are, but I've been seeing you in books, but I don't know who you no. are because I think you might be one of three or four people. Yeah. Um, but like, there's a couple of really distinct characters that mm-hmm. I recognize, like the library later, the archive lady, she's incredibly distinct, right? Mm-hmm. Danny's distinct. Yes. Laura's distinct, but I feel like only because his mom keeps his like his he keeps she's Laura, right? Because mm-hmm. she's prevalent. Um, but she's just like a woman with black hair. Um uh the judge because he wears robes, distinct. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, he would kind of just look like Ted. The other dude, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um uh, uh 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 and uh the doctor is distinct because he's not white. Yeah. And okay, it's yeah, kind of the, the only, only adult man who's not. Yeah. Yes. What the hell? Stillwater. Mm-hmm. Racist. The- but a Stillwater kind of feels like a racist place. So that's not. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I think that's intentional. What- yeah. It feels kind of intentional. <laughs> It, it, the, when they're traveling to Stillwater, it, it does seem like they're traveling kind of through through country. Yeah. To get there. So so yeah. Um, I kind of got a Midwest like yeah. slash south, southern feel too. Where... And this is to not disparage. No. That part. No. But it's also to say, if you live in an area like that, and everyone I do live in same, an area like that, and everyone... does, does everyone look the same? No like literally we don't all look the same but like racially there are a lot more white people than people who are not white um there are more than one you know obviously there are more than one not white person but there are also more than five people yeah yeah so you know No. It is what it is. Yeah. I live yeah. in a town with, uh, I actually live outside of a town with less than 2,000 people. So, wow. <gasps> wow. It's itty bitty. Yeah. It is That's, itty bitty. Yeah. Does it feel itty bitty though? Yes. Okay. I mean, we've got a dollar store. Nice. Hmm. Dollar I'm stores so are cool. Dollar stores are awesome. I love them. Is I, it Dollar I can... Tree? No, it's actually a Dollar General. Ooh, Ooh. Nice. No, we, we've got a Dollar General. We've got two gas stations. Do we have two two gas stations? We've got a liquor store. All the important shit. Hey, you we've know got what? A, we've got we've got a taco stand and a Mexican restaurant. There you go. Ooh. All there the important go. stuff. There you go. That sounds good though. All, we've got all the shit you need. Yeah, <laughs> I see nothing wrong with that. Right. Exactly. So yeah, there's definitely some similarities in the facial um, structure of everybody in this mm. book. Uh, I, the, the artwork definitely gave me an early 2000s vibe to it. You know, like the coloring's well, it, better though. Yeah, the coloring is definitely better than the early 2000s. But the, there's the, the it kind of reminded me of like of like Derek Robertson in that kind of era. era you know, like it, I mean, it just kind of gives just kind of a, a a, like a there's like a, like a standard art feel to it you know mm, like mm, it, i can see that nothing special i mean like and i hate i hate saying anything negative because I yes i feel someone, you i totally understand so, what you're saying yeah someone is making this and they're doing great and, and then i could it's, never it's not it's not bad it's just like, not 
attractive to me. My stick figures suck. I can't yes, draw. <laughs> I agree. Same. <laughs> yeah. Same. So, same, same. so I, but the thing is, is that, okay, Zdarsky's an artist. And, and um, I feel when, and, and he's also, he's a great writer. And this is proof that he's a great writer. But I always, I kind of always feel that when, a writer chooses to have an artist on their book, they're choosing them for a reason because, um, because they couldn't make the art themselves. So it seems like, like Lemire always gets great artists with, cause to, to draw for him. Uh, Zdarsky usually has great artists draw for him. And it's like, so this was kind of a interesting difference, you know? In yeah, situation. I tried to, uh, that's kind of what I was thinking, because, I, you know, usually it's like a tonal thing, I feel, like when, you know, he was writing and using Erica a lot, like there's definitely like the comedic element that builds up with that partnership. Yes. So like, I, I was trying to think tonally what this style brings. And like, it's very kind of, it feels very earthy to me. Like it feels mm -hmm. very grounded. Uh, but it's also very sketchy so it's very loose and like so what exactly does that bring tonally to the story and I just couldn't I couldn't get it because there were times where it's like I just didn't it didn't feel I, I don't know like I felt like I wanted something a little bit harder or rougher or something to give me more meat to the story like you were saying it 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 needs to be if it's more psychological or more horrific mm -hmm. um i i don't know maybe it should be a little bit darker i don't know but maybe it, he doesn't want it to be darker yeah yeah, yeah. it is I the only thing I've never seen um, this artwork before, like this artist before. So I don't know about the art itself, like to compare it to anything. Um, I, but this is weird and this may be not relevant to anything, but the, the vibe I get, this is stupid, um, from like, especially the opening scenes of the first issue of volume one is, um, have you guys ever seen Children of the Corn? The, the the 80s Stephen King movie. So I have a long history with that movie. It's not a favorite of mine. I just know it really well. And um, the first opening sequence is really horrific because it happens in broad daylight. And that's the, the vibe of the artwork that I get in the beginning because everything's happening during the day and things are scarier to me when they happen out in the open you know when it's nighttime and it's dark and it's scary then like I think you ex like your mind plays tricks on you you expect weird things bad things to happen sometimes if you're weird like me but in the daytime you feel safer like there's that mm -hmm. false sense of security and so right. when when there's a lot of bright lighting in the actual artwork um and it's illuminated that to me is the scariest part of the art it's like oh okay because there's the boogeyman's there, like the whatever scary is happening right in front of you, and you cannot look at it. That does fit with what Zach Zach says at the beginning. Nothing yeah. ever bad, nothing bad ever happens in mm -hmm. the daytime or whatever. Yeah, so that fits exactly. And and I think it, happening in the daytime shows acceptance. 
you know, in, mm. in, a, in a way, like everyone yeah. kind of accepts. Or, or the like not maybe scary. acceptance, yes. but like com- complicity. Complicity, yes. Because like you're like you like you are accepting it, like you're just yeah. But you're also not stopping it, so you're complicit in it. Exactly. I don't know. It was good. I'll actually read the the rest of it whenever it starts. Is oh, yeah. it already out, volume two? Um, uh, no, just issue seven, volume two is not yeah, out yet. Yeah, it's I only think... one one issue longer than. Oh, okay. What's out so far? So. Yeah, image is really good at getting out their their full their volumes as soon as they can, and, and they it's usually fast. Yeah, between five and six issues. That's why. Modern comic books are, are written usually in five and six issue story arcs because it's easy to create a volume oh. and sell in in a uh, in a, a completed fashion. It was really good though. Thanks for recommending it, you guys. I will continue reading well, it. Yeah, I'm glad you liked it. Um, I, um, sorry that it was as hoary hoary. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I know. I don't word. like saying us hoary. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. Any last thoughts or? The coloring's good. I liked it. Yeah. No. Absolutely. The the coloring the coloring is good. Um, I like the there's some there's some panels with the kind of a minimalist feel to it where there's absolutely no background and the background's either colored um, in specific colors or the color it's colored just it's just plain white just brings the focus to. The, the characters themselves, especially in very violent moments, there's not a lot of background and mm. use in it. And like, and then there's like reds and oranges in color in the, in the background of when when bad things happen, like the part where the person gets pushed off the the uh, the ledge, the 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 panel becomes yellow, you know. So I I, th- I thought that there was some clever color work there. Oh, um, I think as a fair warning to any reader, if reading a lot of cuss words bothers you i wouldn't read this they literally say fuck like every other panel for the first issue you probably don't listen to our podcast either. well i'm just saying <laughs> but also, me. But i mean some, me i mean sometimes, I. like sometimes reading it <laughs> sometimes <laughs> reading it is a different effect on someone yeah. than hearing it that's true you know yeah. i can read cuss words i can cuss but if I hear out certain cuss words out loud as opposed to hearing them, it bothers me. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe this is maybe that was a warning for myself going forward. No, no, no. I don't know. Well, thank yeah. you for the warning though. Oh, I don't, yeah. I don't care that you cuss Darcy because literally yeah. it does not bother Good, me. Because it's you, very hard to stop myself. You don't say the words that bother me. No. So we're okay. But we're, now, not gonna, we're not going to get a list of, of words. No, 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 no. <laughs> but I'm saying it's really good. Read it. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, so I think then, do I just want to move on to the next part? Well, I think we're, yeah. To the round Sounds table? good. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, yeah, it's time for a round table where we kind of go over uh, a current uh, comic book discussion or question. Uh, Darcy, uh, since you had brought this to the table, do you want to kind of... Uh, Give us a synopsis. I sure will. Um, so this week on Twitter, as where I normally pull my comic book discussions from, because why not? That's where lots of comic book people have discussions. Mm-hmm. A person named Andre Parks uh, brought up a tweet 
that basically said they are kind of surprised. It's kind of a miracle that I'm still reading comic books because when I was buying comic books as a young person, uh, every time I would bring something up to purchase, the person who owned the comic book shop or was checking me out at the comic book shop would make fun of the comic books I bought. Um, and I don't think that's an unusual thing for people who buy comic books. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Um, <laughs> we've talked previously uh, about being in comic book shops and feeling uh, like bad about being a woman in comic book shop or like a person of color in comic book shop, um, like feeling an, like an outsider as a person. Uh, but there's also uh, feeling like you're not reading the right, quote unquote, the right things, uh -huh. like feeling like you're supposed to be reading certain books. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that, um, you know, we call it, uh, we don't call it, everyone calls it, you know, gatekeeping. And you're considered, you know, stupid if you read certain books, you know, we, we have inside jokes as a community about oh you know like certain books are really really stupid all-star batman and robin the boy wonder comes to mind like everybody considers that to be a ridiculously stupid book uh, but you know if you like it you like it whatever and still <laughs> there's still this concept of people will go into comic book shops and if you go in to buy uh, young adult books in certain comic book shops mm -hmm. uh, you will be considered a uh, oh well you're not buying actual comic books mm -hmm. there are people if you're only reading web comics oh well you're not actually a comic reader but web comics are comics so why not um so there's this heavy in our community really really heavy uh amount of gatekeeping and it exists in every fandom it's it does. crazy in film you're like music. film people are horrible mm -hmm. it's heavy in music you're right yeah. but it it feels really really strong and very hateful in in comics and it's really bad for the independent comic industry i feel i mean it's bad for comics period because comics don't get a lot of sales but it's really harmful for independent comics. I know I came against a, um, a, a tweet recently from a girl who was like, I just can't, I don't feel like I can buy independent comics because uh, what if I buy something and I find out it's from somebody who's affiliated with a, a comic skate? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of one of those things like, so you have gatekeeping on all kinds of sides for all kinds of different reasons. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So how do we essentially, how do we build acceptance into our readership? How do we build acceptance into the fandom? Because we have this huge group I mean, they've named themselves of hatred out there. Mm -hmm. And but, then even outside of this group that named themselves and formed themselves out of hatred, we have people outside themselves. And I, you know, I've done it myself sometimes. I'm a terrible person. <laughs> oh God, you read that thing. That's so stupid. Um, 
you know, people that will mm -hmm. just hate on something that somebody else is, someone else enjoys. How do we create acceptance for other people's enjoyment? Exactly. And I, I, I love this, this topic mm -hmm. because, because yeah, there's definitely elitism, elitism in the, in, in comics reading. And it's a, it's definitely a, 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 a type of thing that can't really survive with elitism because there isn't as many readers as there is people who watch movies and read comics or sorry, listen to music and, and what for. So, you know, you can't really, it's, I mean, it's bad in all genres, but in comics, it's, it's, it literally it could be killing the community and kill, killing the industry. Absolutely. And um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's such a high school, like junior high mentality, like, oh, you, you know, you're, you're, oh, you like this band? Like what, like, like you, they suck. Like, like, oh, they're, they're, they sold out, you know, like, why, why do you like this band or, and 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 with comics as well, it's 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 very interesting. It's like oh, like, um, for example, like Rob Liefeld. I mean, he's a, a polarizing character, um, a polarizing artist to say the least. And but yeah, a lot of people hate his artwork, and like a lot of people don't feel feel like his artwork is not the best artwork out there. But there are fans to it and you got to be respectful to the fans because not everything that you like is liked by everyone else you know mm. either and and like I remember uh, like maybe 10 or 10 or 11 years ago Liefeld was at a con and people were literally coming up to him and ridiculing him saying he can't draw feet and that he's a terrible writer and they were he had a line of people to 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 sign autographs for and they were like deriding the, the people like waiting in line for him and like it's like and then like literally so like there were some other comic book creators that saw this happen and literally got in line to for Liefeld and were like hey you know what your your artwork may not be for everyone but you know what you're here you're you're putting yourself out here you're part of the comic book community thank you for doing what you're doing so yeah and I think it starts with the creators. But what I think the base, the foundation rule that people should follow is don't be a fucking douchebag to other people, regardless of what they like. I yeah. mean, yeah. holy fucking shit. If you're going to mistreat someone, I don't give a shit who you are. If you're going to mistreat someone because they like a certain comic or a certain character or a certain artist or a writer or whatever the fuck, and you don't, and that's a reason to be mean and nasty to them, you must be the human physical equivalent of vomit because you don't <laughs> understand you're stupid and you don't understand what subjectivity is mm -hmm. and everything likes and dislikes are subjective. So if you can just get that through your little skull and be nice to people, and I'm being like dismissive because this shit really pisses me off because again, we have talked about this in our, like within, like amongst ourselves and in the, in the podcast of like just personal experiences of not feeling 
welcomed into the comic community, like comic book community, or why I've been so like slow to get on the comic book like horse because I'm always weird about stuff like this, but because I'm not Brian, not Darcy, not anybody that I know now, but I mean, it's just like PTSD from shit of like 15, you know, 20 years ago of people who make fun of you for what you like, Mm -hmm. or say you're not a true fan of enter the thing here because Mm -hmm. you like this one thing. And Mm -hmm. it's just, if people could understand that we're all meant to like and dislike different things and you cannot like that thing and you can say like hey I don't see the attraction like I don't understand it but hey that's cool you know like you like what you like and I'll like what I like because as long as everybody likes different things the more variety we have in whatever the thing we like like if everybody likes vanilla ice cream fucking boring yeah but everybody likes different flavors and so we all get different flavors of ice cream. Right. Like that seems like a really, we're able to do it with food. Are we not? Yeah. Like yeah, exactly. we can do it with food. Yeah. Why can't yeah. we do it with fandom things? Yeah. It, it, it's like, I think a lot of people internalize things, uh, internalize their fandom. And it's almost like if you like or don't like something that they don't like, then then you don't like or not like, like me. <laughs> yeah. And so, which is not true at all um i mean it might be if it. you get pissy no. at me about it <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah exactly but then, then it's no longer the fandom it's the personality <laughs> it's, it's a, what's the problem is and that's true uh, but but yeah like yeah i think there's like there is a major internalization of of like like you know what you like is who you what how you identify yourself as and i think that's right. something that needs to be changed okay um Go ahead. We're gonna, so. I, I'm going to get off the comic for just a second, but let's talk about subjectivity of likes and dislikes. We live with my parents. God bless them. Love them to death. My parents like, to me, the world's worst TV shows mm-hmm. and my father can't hear. So they play it at like level 80 on their 52 inch screen TV. It's like a fucking movie in there. It is so loud. And it's like, it's usually violent. It's got a lot of cussing it's like overly gratuitous like sexy my parents have like my parents have the likes of like a 22 year old frat bro and so it's like they and sometimes I like they'll watch it downstairs like in the common rooms and I'm just like what are you guys watching and they're like oh we just like this it's fun and blah 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 but like I watch true crime stuff and my mom's just like, how can you watch like a documentary on serial killers? I'm like, cause it's fascinating and the forensics and blah, blah, blah. And the psychology behind it. And she's like, oh, but that's frightening. Like, I don't understand how you watch it. It doesn't mean that I think less of her as a human or that she thinks less of me or that we don't like and love each other. So I don't understand, like if we can, so the person, a person does not become their likes. Right. You know what I yeah, mean? So exactly. like, I don't. I don't understand how like certain people, certain fans of things, and let's go back to comics. I don't understand how someone can make fun of someone buying a comic mm-hmm. because they don't want, they don't like that comic. How does that become a personal attack on that person? Like that doesn't or how, make any. Or how they feel so much better about themselves yeah. because they read different comics because that becomes a part of it too. Yeah, exactly. absolutely. To, 
to some extent, I kind of think it might be like a publishing thing, which is something obviously we have no effect over at all. Yeah. But like, I kind of feel it, it's almost like diversity in, in the publishing as well, like diversity in your characters, but also diversity in like what you're publishing. Like yes. if we were publishing a diversity of types of comics a little bit more, and if the... Uh, comic book stores are making sure to publish and to show a diversity of types of comics then then this uh people getting all up their ass about it uh would happen a little bit less like people have very big pack mentality mm -hmm. and like if comic book stores were more open with all of this and didn't hide them in the corner like it wouldn't seem like this shameful thing mm -hmm. exactly like i'm the person that goes straight for like the young adult like yeah. kids novelizations mm -hmm. of stuff in a comic book store because i like the artwork the stories are fun there are characters i'm already accustomed to so i kind of understand like oh i want to see you know whatever in like this setting or what have you so i know that um we've gone shopping at a local comic book store where I've gone straight for that section and the person who owns the store was like oh and then once I get that I'm like oh I'm buying it for my niece my niece is six. Oh, right. okay let me show you the books and so it's like it's you don't have to do that I you shouldn't, have to. Don't, shouldn't have to yeah yeah it's you know and and then like if someone like whomever goes into a comic book store feels literally judged for their comic book purchase mm -hmm. you know what happens they go to barnes and noble where there's all sorts of adults all over the store buying all sorts of books yeah and right so you feel less judged where you order online yeah and the thing is is that like places like barnes and noble i think they specifically tell their employees not to even if they love a, a com or a book that, that someone's buying to not say a word about it like just you know, like, don't give the person your opinion about your, you know, unless they ask you, you know, and, and, and I think that's probably what it is, too, is that because the last thing you want is to be checking out and the person's like, oh, you're going to read that book. OK, like, uh, have fun. Side tangent. Yeah, that makes you want to not buy it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Side story. One time, Brian and I were oh, at Barnes and Noble in our, in our hometown, and um, I was looking for a name in because I'd never read any of her stuff. And um, I was in a class and I was like, oh, I'm gonna, I wanna read some more of her stuff. Cause I'm not realizing she had major like daddy issues. And so um, I asked the person ringing us up if they carried any of Anae Nin's like different like books on erot of erotica. She literally took us, we got out of line. She took us upstairs. She told me she picked up 50 shades of gray. This is like when it was first coming out like that series. And she's like, you need to read this book. If you want to get pregnant, you need to read this book. And I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? She followed us around the store mm -hmm. for 20 minutes saying, "Have no, really, you need to. Yes. My, all my friends got pregnant on this book. You really need. And I'm like, what are you talking? It was so embarrassing. Yeah. I was mortified. <laughs> and it was just like, like, I wanted to read 
a name in more for the literature aspect like I don't give a shit about erotica but like I just wanted to read her oh, like her stories and she thought I was trying to get busy because then she just fall <laughs> she literally followed us around and harassed us for 20 minutes and the next time we went to Barnes and Noble she was gone yeah I don't uh, think she had her job much longer after that that's hilarious so yeah. there's definitely two sides so, to the coin then when it comes to this yeah like yeah. you don't want I just I don't understand why somebody would um I I don't and I'm at a loss of words now because like I don't get it and I don't think people should mistreat others for their comic likes and what's interesting that you brought up the tweet about the young person about like they don't know which independent comic to read because I don't think they were young but yes (laughs) okay um I asked Brian that same question because there is a book that when I was trying to solicit myself to get on the podcast um, a few seasons ago now, and I asked Brian, I'm like, oh, I read Bingo Love by whoever that um, writer is. I forget their name. And um, Mm -hmm. Brian said, no, that that person was not a good person. And I'm like, but I liked the book. There was a Kickstarter issue. I'm like, I didn't, yeah, like I didn't know that that person was not a good person, but I still really enjoyed the book. And I think that that's one of those things where it's like, do you, can we, can we like separate the artistry from the person? got huge death of the author conversations that are happening all over the industry so it's got like there are some issues that are easy you know like are they absolute racist bigots have they raped people super easy don't read their shit yeah yeah (laughs) but then there are some other people that's a little bit more complicated um and i can understand issues with those people like are they already dead little bit more complicated you've got yeah you know that's yeah but you know Mm -hmm. rapists assholes completely a lot easier to deal with just knock those people off a fucking cliff and just never read their shit exactly (laughs) and are they actively in comics gate whatever i I think there's for for independent comics if you're interested in reading independent comics it's kind of awful to say but and it's like it's kind of like white dudes police your own community kind of thing Mm -hmm. um but if if you're just hard up looking for something and and the easiest way to go is kind of like queer women of color Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) first place to look if there's a queer woman of color that's written a comic she's probably safe (laughs) it's easier to yeah it's easier to 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 like accept that, that that there's nothing going on with that person yeah. unfortunately yeah. um yeah like when i mean obviously we've done almost 40 episodes of this podcast we're all you know i mean like darcy and i like you know we've read comics a, a good majority of our lives and, and we and, we've definitely yeah. i think we've got one or two i think that we found out it's, like about. later it, it still happens and like yeah it, it, especially, especially like um like when I'm going through my my poll lists, especially now that like I I advertise what I'm pulling to everybody, yeah. I um if I don't recognize a name on it, I Google the hell out of them. 
And then yeah. I don't feel like I I have I should have to, but I do because it's I think it's my responsibility to yeah. not promote somebody who is like a rapist or like a well, sex yeah. offender or something like that. Yeah. And so and so so yeah, but I I think I made a mention before on another episode. I wish there was like a comics gate database or there like is a, on Wikipedia. Or you can look it up. Yeah. And, or or like a like or 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 because the thing is too is that like a lot of the grooming and the sexual assault stuff that does not reach the comic book news sites mm. until it's too late mm. and it happens earlier on twitter and social media and stuff like that but it, for someone like me i mean who's just got into twitter like the last year it's hard to search for things on twitter for me so it, it is, is hard to yeah so so in like and like the thing is too is that you'll hear you'll see part of a conversation but you won't see the whole conversation also mm-hmm. so you might be like so you kind of it's kind of hard to decide so what i have been doing then is i will look up this person's personal if they have an instagram or a twitter i will look them up and if they have anything on there that um that has to do with like like a, po- a positive stance on like Black Lives Matter or like the AAPI hate or or trans rights or gay rights, you know, anything like that, then I'm like, okay, cool. I'm reading this person. Like, like, and that's what I've been, you know, I just have to, I have to basically judge them on their personal opinion because unfortunately there's no other way to, to, to get the information that is necessary, yeah. you know, but then yeah. at the same time, it's not, there's people that, that might have that that facade. I mean, like like Joss Whedon, who seemed like he was like the most like cool. He sold himself as being super feminist. Yeah, a super feminist person. And it turns out he's the reason why he sold himself like that is to get closer to people so that he could be a sexist asshole. Yeah. You know? So so yeah. So yeah, it, it's definitely it's 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 one of those paths that everyone travels down and it's almost impossible to transverse like completely unscathed. Yeah everybody's and, gonna make mistakes but to say and but yeah i get i i literally my blood pressure goes up a few beats if i'm like about to read a comic that i've never heard of a, a creator and that's yeah kind of it's just the way it is it, yeah if you're coming off of something that's not i mean it, it's if you're doing a kickstarter it's like you want to help people out that are going into it independent but it's like kickstarter is a dangerous place because that's where they lurk kind of thing mm-hmm. and if you're on you know comiXology it's like well this is a safe place because it's comiXology it's it's a it's a it's a business so an official official business um and you're with like official official uh uh what do you call them publishing houses but you know dynamite the head of dynamites aligned with comicsgate um but then do you kick out all of dynamite we pretty much have so far we've kind of like tried to stray away from dynamite comics but like lots of the people we talk about also do comics for dynamite yeah because you know are creators just going to turn down money they've got to make livings and it's and, it's a complicated industry these people all were it's a small industry these people all yeah. work together it's hard to avoid fucking racist in your life it's a it's a cottage industry but then at the same yeah. time like then we but then we have fans that want to be elitist about like what you read yeah so just yeah. okay so this is this is something i think everybody kind of goes through a phase like this where it's like like oh um you know kind of an elitist phase of like this is what i like mm-hmm. and whatnot so hmm. 
I'm kind of, I'm kind of thinking back when I was really into in, more into sports um, in like the early 2000s and I was like a Padres fan and, and an Angels fan. And so I hated the Boston Red Sox and I hated the New York Yankees. Oh, and, the Boston Red Sox. And, Fuck the Yankees. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody yeah. hates the Yankees. It's, I know, it's... but <laughs> I, but then like if I saw a fan of them, I'd, I'd almost like, like be like pissed at the fan like oh my god you like the giants you like the yankees like oh my god you suck and it's like no they probably just grew up in boston <laughs> they grew you know like that's just the fan team or their the, dad likes that yeah team, exactly or brother, and, like, or, yeah. and so and so now like i'm more and, when, and when you were young this is when you were young yeah this is like early 2000s i would say so, I was oh, in my 20s. so he was like in his 20s yeah wow. the boston and, red sox fans those were the saddest no. people in the early 2000s. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> i'm talking about like post like 2004 when, when oh, okay when the they'd 30s. already won yeah and, and yeah i mean but like with hockey okay i'm i'm a golden vegas Golden knights fan and and i'm a, and then before that i was an anaheim ducks fan huge rivals to the LA Kings. We live in, if we see a hockey fan, is there LA Kings? LA My Kings really fan. good friend, season tickets to LA yeah. Kings. And, huge LA and Kings so fan. old me would be like, oh, you suck. I, you know, but then now I'm like, hey, a hockey fan. It's a hockey California. Fan. <laughs> you can like the Kings. It's cool. We both like hockey. <laughs> let's, let's, let's still be friends, you know? So yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. That's the way I am with like, like I, I hope that people can be with comics is that it's like, oh, like you. Oh, someone else who likes comics. Oh, yeah. And because yeah. I remember also in the 90s and the 2000s, there, there was a, a, a schism between being a DC fan and a Marvel fan. There still is. There still <laughs> is now, but like there seems like it seems like it was a little more heavy. It's more in the movies. Even, even like Batman, Superman. Like you couldn't mm. be a Superman fan if you were a Batman fan, or vice versa. Yeah, I went through that with yeah, you at yeah. the very beginning part of our marriage. You're like early two thousands. No, 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 no. This was early part of the marriage. Yes, you were like Batman or Superman, and I think I would say like. I think you almost get divorced over it. No, like <laughs> just to be like a contrarian because I knew he'd be upset. Yeah. And and I think I think that's the thing too that like obviously I've calmed down my my well yeah I mean years. it was never like and so angry but so 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 I I also so I I think I see people act like that because I think unfortunately I was kind of like that you know and but I've learned glad you chilled yeah, yeah he has yeah. a lot and and the thing is too is that independent comic books like like and we're doing an independent comic book podcast that's it is niche and. Um, I I wonder if like people might have like a, a perception of us of like being like elitist because we're not talking about the big two, which is like kind of like the populist like <laughs> the title of our podcast is comics deserve better. Yeah. <laughs> but is. at the same time, we still will we'll still bring up DC yeah, and Marvel. Yeah. I just said Horios. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, we have no issues with talking about, uh, like, and also earlier I said the Hellfire Gala, you know, like, obviously we're still fans of well, of DC and Marvel. It's just that no nobody talks about indie comics as much as they should. Like, right. when I, yeah. like, when I was younger, I went through a classical literature phase. I was a real fucking asshole. Like, I only read books written before, like, 1800 and some. Like, I was a real dick. Yeah, and, you sound pretty awful. Yeah, I totally was. <laughs> I got and, a degree in English and I wasn't that awful. And so I would legit make fun of people for what they chose to read. 
And I have a very dear aunt who loves romance books. I mean, Mm -hmm. like loves, loves, loves. Like she is like a Harlequin subscriber. And one day I was like, you know what? She's reading. Yeah. Yeah. That's what matters is that she reads. Like she reads for fun. She reads on her days off. She reads on her vacation. And like it clicked. It didn't like there wasn't some like great thing that happened. It just clicked where it's like, oh, who gives a shit what people read? They're reading. And Mm -hmm. to me, that's the end game. Like that's the most important thing. And so I learned really quickly that as long as people read, that's what I care most about. And not because I think like you're a better person if you're reading for fun, but I just think literacy is, is such a gift and it's so beneficial to the person and can make your life better. And if you don't know how to read, I will teach you how to read. And I have helped teach people how to read in my career. So it's, I don't understand why we just can't all have more of that mentality of like, oh, at least we're all just reading comics or at least we're all enjoying art or Mm -hmm. at least we're all enjoying music. Like who gives a shit what we like? Let's just enjoy it together because it brings beauty and and love to the world because we enjoy these things because they make us happy yeah and there may be things that you don't like or disagree with like either ethically or politically but then you know what you do with those things you just don't read them (laughs) you know you just you know like you personally you know you you can just not not have them in your life yeah i i i think romance novels are usually the thing pretty much everyone goes to with Mm -hmm. this like everyone's Mm -hmm. like and you know romance novels um the worst thing I ever did probably was uh in college I wrote a oh my gosh it was probably three pages long Facebook post on my boyfriend's ex-girlfriend's uh, Facebook page about how terrible Twilight was <laughs> because she enjoyed Twilight and that was awful and I shouldn't have done that that was a terrible thing I did um, and it's not like I suddenly think Twilight's a well-written story it's not Mm-mm. it's a terribly written story and it's probably terribly unhealthy as far as racial relationships go mm-hmm. um, but you know, if you enjoy it, you enjoy it. That's yeah. your thing. There's yeah. plenty of terrible things out there that are terrible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever. You do you. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you can't go around thinking that, you know, romance novels aren't things that exist and shouldn't exist or romance comics. Um, and that romance comics can't be something you exist. Uh, Kirby yeah. drew romance comics. So the Jack Kirby, the king. Jack, yeah. Jack Kirby, the king, drew romance comics. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, I never knew that. Yeah. Yeah. They, they're, they're fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, if uh, you go to Comixology, it's on Comixology Unlimited. Oh, sweet. Yes. Young, young Romance um it's available for 
for reading. And so. it's also Joe Simon too, isn't it? Oh yes, it is. Yeah, it's yeah. Simon and Kirby. So the guys Simon who and created Captain America. Captain America also <laughs> did Young Romance. Yeah. Oh, fun. And then look at like 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 Patsy Walker and Hellcat. You know, like I know it started out as a romance book and then became a superhero book, but you know, same because thing. She's got, yeah, it it yeah. was uh, an Archie alternative. Exactly. So. Uh, no but yeah yeah i mean you know they they were just doing work and the work was comics but it, they're good uh, romance stories i mean they're terrible romance stories because it's you know daytime television but it's a good daytime television because it's you know simon well, and kirby yeah, yeah it's melodramatic but it's still a lot of fun you know? like, they're hilarious they're yeah. great and if you want if you want really really hilarious versions go on uh marvel unlimited and Marvel Unlimited's got um, what is it? It's like Young Love Redux, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yes. and they took their uh, their Silver Age love stories, uh, whited out all the uh, word bubbles, and rewrote them. Mm-hmm. And it's a comedy comic, hilarious, funny, fantastic. I think it's Young Love Redux or something like that. It's but almost like Mystery Science Theater 3000. It's like it's a lot like Mystery Science Theater 3000. <laughs> yeah. It is a fantastic book. That sounds also awesome. well worth a reread. And, and same with like Western and like war books. I mean, if they're written well and they and they're entertaining, then that's great. Like the undone okay, by 18 by 1872. Blood. Yeah. Yeah, Marvel 1872. Exactly. Mm. Like I, I'm very sad when there's not a Jonah Hex book out on dc i mean yeah like and then and that kind of goes into more like the superhero kind of western stuff but but yeah no it's totally it's it, it yeah there, there are genres that are kind of they don't sell well in the eyes of publishers and that's because like i think there's a stigma towards the audience like oh i can't yeah. read this book because it's cowboys like i hate cowboys, cowboys yeah and it's like too seriously yeah and and yeah uh, yeah not just the audience but towards the towards the st- i think with westerns i think those westerns are kind of hard to write sometimes yeah um i thought like undone my blood which is that series that comes out that I, I like to bring up every once in a while yeah um that that it's like it's like a it's it's more of a modern contemporary story plus a pulp western novel going on at the exact same time mm. that's so much fun and like i'm and like i'm so glad that they're ready i think they're the two there's two writers on it one's writing the pulp western stuff and and someone else is writing the more contemporary stuff in it so i think it's it, but it, it all it's it's one of my favorite books right now yeah i think that i think that helps just yeah like i said just publishing a greater variety of things mm-hmm. when when all you're publishing is sci-fi dystopias then if you occasionally publish a YA comedy, uh, the person who, like the two people who buy the YA comedies, people are going to be like, oh, Wang, honey, why are you buying that? You should be buying this sci-fi dystopia that everyone likes and everyone thinks is good. For as good as like Saga is, it's not for everybody. And and as as good at in the same time you know like johnny constantine like the the young dc book that's coming out in the next couple of weeks written by ryan north i mean that's obviously a kid's book and 
Um, but at the same time, it's, you know, it's everyone's favorite magician in kids. For, I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> no, but, but it looks really good. Yeah, but no, but I'm just saying, it's, it's like, it's like er, comics are for everybody. And like, comics should be for yeah, everybody. Yes, and, definitely. If you want them to be. Yeah. If, mm. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I mean, like, the thing is, too, is that, like, um, there were some great books that Marvel was producing for a while um like the um like like squirrel girl and like the wasp and stuff like that that had more of a comedy feel to them and they also books yeah and 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 so and i i love them as well but the thing is is that i think there was a stigma to there's definitely a stigma like like, anytime anybody brings them up on twitter they get shit on hard even even my my sister who does nothing about comics um she saw an issue of squirrel girl one time when i was visiting my parents she's like squirrel girl what the hell squirrel girl and it's like Mm -hmm. it's fantastic you should be reading it that's what it is (laughs) it's so good but yeah but yeah so so it's there even outside of comics there's there's a stigma which i'm that's why i'm always excited when like guardians of the galaxy get a movie because Mm -hmm. it kind of lowers the stigma that the weirdness in comics has mm. and and we'll get pe- more people into it you know yeah so but yeah well uh any, do you just have any other thoughts or anything about don't be assholes people yeah let don't people read assholes. what they want yes. let people read what they want yeah if rob liefeld is not your thing it's not your thing. Uh, Just, <laughs> i thought you were gonna say live love comics or something La- live laugh, love <laughs> live laugh, comics. love comics yes <laughs> that doesn't flow off the tongue yes. as well as my I brother's have. girlfriend's son likes to read comics i think so oh, that's I've, cool. got, I've got somebody to buy stuff for nice. oh, how old is the how old is the kid He's six, about to turn seven. He's got a birthday coming up. I've got gifts to buy. Hey, Sweet. happy early that, birthday, yeah. little one. Yeah. I have a niece on each side that are getting into comics, and that's been yeah. a lot of fun. Um, really getting getting books in their hands, especially books that would not normally be recommended, like um, like or like they're not popular. Like like I'm getting one of my niece everyone one of their birthdays or Christmases. I'm getting them a volume of Squirrel Girl and they would have awesome. never known about this until now you know yeah i i let him today before we ate he was reading uh little gotham once upon a time mm. oh cool that's once word. upon a crime i should say oh that's yes. cute oh yeah i actually that is a book i need to buy because that, that's the fairy tale book right it's a fairy tale and it's got yeah. the softest cover I have ever felt <laughs> in my life. I can just sit there and rub it on my face. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, right. Well, um, so yeah, if you guys have anything else, or do you want me to, to kind of bring this bring this home here? I think we're done. Yeah, I think so. Okay, so we have reached the end of our show. Uh, thank you to everyone listening to our show as always. Email us any questions or comments at uh, comicsisarebetter at gmail.com. Instagram, Twitter, CDB pod, website, comics book, comic books deserve better.wordpress.com. Um, I actually said that wrong. Comics deserve better.wordpress.com. Don't go to comic books deserve better because that, <laughs> that place is a porn site. I don't know what it is. Oh, um, when you can Let's go, edit that one too. That would be a weird porn site. I mean, if it is, go. It's fine. Um, where when you can request a subject 
you can request a subject for a future episode, um, either a topic or a, or a book for us to read. Uh, don't forget to follow, rate, and tell a friend about the podcast. Uh, Darcy, where can we find you? I am on Twitter at books underscore serial, and I have a website, booksandserial.wordpress.com. Uh, last week, I wrote about uh, an Archie Andrews episode, Archie Andrews and the mailing of the uh, taxes. Uh, it's pretty funny. It's a great episode. Uh, I did so in preparation of my next quarterly taxes. I thought it would be great. It kind of was quite funny. Also, I was impatient about the upcoming Wastelanders episode, which will be dropping as of recording tomorrow, June yes. 1st, because right now we're recording on the 31st. So by the time you're listening to this, Wastelanders will have already dropped and I will have lost my mind, I'm sure. <laughs> excited to listen to it as well very much so uh so there's a independent video game that um was on sale the other day and i heard good things about it but you just reminded me of it it's called turn up boy um commits tax fraud tax evasion or tax evasion <laughs> so it's adorable uh, um and it's like a it's like a little um like isometric top down like scroller kind of game and so i just love the fact that the name is just so out there. It, it sounds like something I would like. Pretty cool. Yeah, so. Mr. Mr. Andrews uh, paid too much in taxes and is trying to get his letter back from the post office on a Saturday. <laughs> oh, That's funny. Yeah, That's, <laughs> That's funny. That's awesome, though. Okay, well, um, I can be reached uh, via the internet, via Instagram at um, Brygen underscore CB. And Twitter's Bryjen2814. And uh, that's everything. So, And you can wish me a happy birthday yes. via Brian or Darcy. Happy belated birthday to Carrie. Yes. It'll... I'm excited. Yes. We're excited for you. Thank you. Yes. I'm finishing up another and trip around the sun. If you have a good comic book to recommend to Carrie for a birthday for her to check out, just uh, send it along. Or you can just tell me happy birthday. Just you happy don't need birthday. to give yes. me a comic If you want to bake her a cake... <laughs> Send the cake too. <laughs> if it's yeah. chocolate cake, chocolate ice cream. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, all all right. right. So, well, everyone, for uh, Darcy and Carrie, I'm Brian, and this has been the Comics Are Better podcast. Remember, comics are better, and everyone deserves comics. Bye. 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 Like the hoary host of Hogarth? What? <laughs> no Doctor idea. Strange. Oh. I don't know what's going oh, on. Like... <laughs> I, I do like the book. We're going to edit that out. I don't I'm going to put that at the end. <laughs> that's that's going to be the, uh, the bonus material. <laughs> the hoary host of Hogarth. Okay. okay. I don't like that word. Anyways, right. this is good. Great. Volume one, read it. <laughs>